Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Black Coffee Fight Club. Before we get going, I want to thank our newest Patreon, Clay. Just joined last night, really appreciate it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what Patreon is, it's a way for creators, people who do podcasts, blogs, um, anything that's creative and has a, a listenership to support their efforts. So if you're if you've been um, following everything went black, um, this is a way for you to help support the podcast. Um, if you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, there's a button that says donate via Patreon, and you can pledge um, a number of different levels of involvement, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, totally up to you. There's some rewards associated with that, and um, yeah, you can choose the level of involvement you want or how long you want to do it for, you know, that kind of thing. You, know, you don't have to do it forever. You can do it for a couple of months, do it for one month, whatever. It's totally up to you. And also, um, I'm going to keep on doing this regardless. It's not like, you know, if I don't get any Patreon supporters, I'm ever going to stop. I, I never stop. I'm always going to keep going. But this just helps things along. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, yeah, I have some ambitious ideas for the future. I want to make this a legit, you know, media outlet for people. And that's going to require some help. And um, yeah, I would appreciate the help. So yeah, thanks, Clay. I really appreciate it. And uh, before we get going on the fights, I just want to shout out uh, on it. They've been an associate sponsor of the podcast for a while. Um, If you go to the Everything Went Black Media um, website, You'll see there's two banners there for on it. One is for the exercise equipment, such as kettlebells, battle ropes, steel clubs, maces, that sort of stuff. And the other one is for MCT oil. And both of these things are part of pretty much my everyday routine. Um, I love using kettlebells. I love all that sort of fitness equipment stuff. And yeah, that's a, I'm a big user of that. And the MCT oil, it's part of my everyday routine. Throw that with uh, some grass-fed butter into a blender. Add Savage Gold coffee. That's pretty much how I start every day. And also, there's Datsusara. Uh, I'm a big hemp supporter. The man has been keeping hemp out of our lives for way too long. And companies like Datsusara are bringing it to the people. And, um, you know, if you need a bag, uh, you know, I have a fanny pack. I have a battle pack bag. Put all my gear in that. Uh, check out Datsusara. You know, go to the Everything Went Black Media website. Hit the portals. It'll take you to their respective sites. If there's something that you see that you want, purchase it. And that's yet another way of helping support the podcast because I get a tiny kickback from all those purchases. Another way you can help is just tell your friends. You know, you can tell your friends you enjoy the podcast, you know, build the community. And uh, yeah, if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, um, star rating. If you feel up to writing a uh, written review, please go ahead and do that. So now, on to some combat sports fun. I haven't been keeping up on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, I kind of feel like that show has ran its course. And uh, though I'm a huge, I'm, I'm very much interested in the outcome of TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. I just... Uh, I've sort of grown weary 
of the uh, reality TV component, the sort of fabricated drama, like all that kind of stuff. So I, I haven't been really paying attention to it. I probably will end up watching the whole thing at some point, maybe when it goes up on Fight Pass. But uh, yeah, I just don't have um, the gusto to tune in every week and check it out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see Cody and TJ fight. It's kind of, I'm kind of 50-50 on who wins that one. Connor versus Floyd, I could care less, honestly. To me, it's meaningless. It's just a money maker. Uh, once again, Connor is fighting a guy who's smaller than him and who has a lot of mileage logged in. And uh, that doesn't mean that I think Connor has a chance of winning. I just think that that dude is very careful about who he fights. So I just kind of hope if they're going to do it, they just do it and get it over with and we can all move on. You know, Connor really needs to go back and defend his title. You know, a lot of people are on board with uh, the McGregor cult of personality, but I think a real champ defends his title, and uh, we've yet to see him do that in any of the organizations that he's fought in. So the next Bellator is going to be fun. We've got uh, Paul Daly welcoming Rory McDonald to Bellator, two UFC veterans uh, who are now fighting for Bellator. And um, it's also the same night as Friday Night Fights here in New York, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it uh, to see that event live because I'll be supporting some of my teammates who are fighting at Friday Night Fights. But I'm definitely going to watch that. I'm really excited about that. Um, also, the the big MSG pay-per-view for Bellator is coming up with uh, Chael Sonnen and Vondelay Silva fighting. Also on that card, we got Fedor versus uh, Matt Mitrione. And it's definitely like an event. You know, it's like a, a fan, you know, tent pole event i guess is what they call it um there's also a, a prelim which is going to be uh, on spike which is headlined by phil davis and ryan bader and i'm really interested in that fight too seems like bellator has been coming up in the ranks uh actually giving a uh, run for the money with the ufc so i'm excited to see how bellator develops and how my sort of interest in the ufc wanes as time goes by i kind of feel like the post zufa era of the UFC has been sort of disappointing in a lot of ways, primarily because the matches being made aren't necessarily have anything to do with, uh, you know, gamesmanship or sportsmanship. It's all just these events. And I don't feel like the best guys fight the best guys. And that's kind of why I like watching the sport from the beginning. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, a couple of days from now, we got UFC 211. Uh, for the past couple of weeks, it's been like real quiet, um, so I'm really looking forward to some of this action, and uh, it's a pretty pretty packed event, if you ask me. Um, I'm going to focus on the maid card, uh, I don't know, in these, these podcast episodes. Um, there's a lot of fights on these uh, cards, and I don't really want to bore everybody with my ideas about who wins and who doesn't win and that sort of stuff, so I'm just going to stick with... The main card, I mean, some of the fights I'm interested in. Um, but the, the headliner of the prelim <clears throat> is uh, Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. And um, the one thing I got to say is, uh, damn, Alvarez uh, went from defending his title at Madison Square Garden on UFC 205 to fighting on the preliminaries. And now uh, that... That feeds what I said earlier about the post-Zufa era UFC, how they just, you know, use these guys up and spit them out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Alvarez is a world-class guy. 
Um, I, I know that there's the, the train of thought that the free fights actually get more eyes, but don't you think a former champ should be on the main card? I mean, I don't know. It's uh, you know, bordering on a little bit of disrespectful for me, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, come on, guys. Let's let's uh, let's give a little little credit here. So we got Poirier, who's uh, ranked ninth in the lightweight division. Uh, he's coming off a win against Jim Miller after losing to Michael Johnson via first round stoppage. Prior to that Johnson loss. Poirier has looked great at 155. You know, his uh, stint at 145, uh, he lost to Conor McGregor, and, um, and then he moved up to, uh, to 155. And until Johnson, he looked great, you know, beating Joe Duffy. Um, so I don't know. His last fight against Jim Miller was kind of a barn burner. It's just two guys standing in front of each other throwing leather. And uh, there was a little bit of groundwork, but... Um, yeah, it was just one of those brawls, and uh, you know that's that's the kind of kind of fight that I think um, you know lends itself to the way Alvarez fights. You know, anyway, Alvarez, I think if you can, they have both have comparable records. You know, I think Alvarez might be twenty five wins, Poirier might be twenty four or something like that, twenty twenty and four or something. But they have comparable records. But um, Alvarez has a higher level of competition with the guys he's fought are a little bit higher level. Alvarez was the former Bellator champ before moving over to the UFC. And, um, you know, Poirier, he's a little couple of years younger, but he's also had quite a bit of mileage. He's been fighting for a really long time. But this is a real opportunity. I feel like for Poirier to advance past being uh, within the top 15 or lower top 10, this is what will help move him up the ranks into maybe top five contendership. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's, it's kind of Eddie Alvarez's fight to lose. This is his first fight back after getting KO'd by McGregor. So, um, there has, you know, a significant amount of time has passed, but, um, it sort of, uh, depends on how he approaches this fight. I think that, uh, they both stand in the pocket and trade is kind of a 50-50 as to who might win. If Alvarez decides to use his uh, takedowns, um, it might go his way. But uh, but I don't know. I think that I'm slightly leaning more towards Poirier by um, decision. I think it's going to go all three rounds. And I think that if, I, if you were to put a gun to my head and make a pick, I'm going to say Poirier by decision. I feel like... Um, Alvarez has had his shot at being a top. He's been a, a two-promotion champ. Um, it's been a long road for him. Um, i got to be honest with you, even in his early fights in the UFC, he hasn't looked as sharp as he did in Bellator. Um, and I just think that Poirier um, is still developing, even though he's, a at this point, like a 20-plus fight veteran. I feel like he's still coming into his own, and I think that uh, Alvarez and him is a good matchup. And I believe he's going to take this one by uh, by decision. <clears throat> so on to the main card. We got Henry Cejudo, ranked number two, versus uh, Sergio Pettis, who's ranked number six for a flyweight bout. And uh, Cejudo is coming off of two losses, one of which is to the undefeated at flyweight champ 
Demetrius Johnson and one to Joseph Benavidez, two you know top tier guys. And uh, Pettis is on a two fight, a three fight win streak. Uh, you know, Pettis is one of those rising stars, um, and this is actually his first real taste at you know a top tier guy in Cejudo. Um, <clears throat> You know, but also it's no coincidence that they're putting up against a Cejudo with two consecutive losses with the hope that they can build build them up. You know, this is like one of my least favorite trends in the UFC where they um, they bring the young guy in. They take the higher level guy with a name who's got some mileage, who might have a couple of losses. They pit him together and they try to make a name for the newer guy. You know, and, and, and that's what I mean. Like this is... Um, you know, something that's like, you know, they, they feed you to the Lions. Like, when it's your time, they don't let anyone go out gracefully in this sport. You get annihilated. You get consumed. You get torn limb from limb by the younger guys. And I feel like that's what they're setting Cejudo up for. Uh, but I, in this case, um, if watching some of Pettis' uh, earlier fights, he goes the distance a lot with people. And... Um, you know, he's had a couple of losses in his, uh, you know, the beginning. And I feel that uh, he's taken a lot of damage in his fights. Like, he's not a big finisher. So in this case, I think Cejudo is going to win. I'm going to go with the experience over youth. And I'm going to say Cejudo with a finish. I'm not sure about a submission or a KO, but I think Cejudo is going to finish Pettis. We'll see how it goes. Similarly, our next fight is Frankie the answer Edgar, who's also ranked number two, versus Yair Rodriguez at number seven for a featherweight bout. All I can say is poor Frankie Edgar. McGregor strategically skipped over him on his uh, way to his architected rise as featherweight champion. You know, and then, uh, you know, if you remember correctly, um, McGregor fought Dennis Seaver, and then he got to fight the champ. So he skipped all these guys in the middle. Um, you know, he fought a out of shape, injured Chad Mendez, um, and he beat him, you know, after getting taken down at will, but he never got to fight Frankie Edgar, you know, and I feel like Frankie being a company man, um, doesn't talk a lot of shit, doesn't really make a lot of waves. He gets overlooked a lot. And now he's, he's, there's a sizing him up to be the stepping stone for Yair Rodriguez, who's an excellent fighter. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, Rodriguez is, he looks spectacular. But, you know, his win over BJ, 10, BJ, uh, BJ Penn was pretty much meaningless if you think about it. I mean, Penn hasn't, I can't even tell you the last time BJ won a fight. And uh, he's looked horrible. When he fought Frankie the last time, he looked terrible. And Yari Rodriguez, like, did whatever he wanted with him. And um, so that, that really doesn't add much. It gives him a name on his... Um, on his record, oh yeah, I beat, you know, BJ Penn, great. But it doesn't really give him much, um, you know, currency as a legitimate top five contender. But a win against Frankie will definitely raise this guy's currency. And um, But that's kind of a tall order. You know, Frankie's a veteran. Maybe they're banking on all the wear and tear, the years and competition, all that stuff adding up. But I kind of feel that even if Frankie slows down a couple of steps, you still got your hands full with this guy, you know, and he really doesn't have any indication of slowing down. He looked great against Aldo. His footwork, 
takedown defense, all that sort of stuff. You know, I mean, he's just um, a well-rounded guy. Cardio for days. You're not going to wear him out. He never stops moving once he, get outside, once he gets on that horse. And also, this is a three-round fight. So there's no way Frankie's going to win a three-round fight. So I'm going with Frankie on this one. Um, I'm going to say a, a, it's going to be a decision win over Yair Rodriguez. So, um, so yeah, you know, there you go. This fight, Jorge Masvidal, ranked number five, versus Damian Maya, ranked number three, in the welterweight division is something I've been looking forward to. You know, Masvidal at 170 is murderous. I'm a fan. I mean, I thought he looked great against his, you know, his last few fights. At 155, he seemed a little hesitant. Seemed like he might have been unable to put the pedal to the metal at 155. Maybe, you know, maybe due to that weight cut. Um, you know, but he looks he looks pretty good at 170. You know, maybe like Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone had his missteps at 155. But at 170, he looked great until, you know, he got KO'd by Miles Vidal. But there's an argument to be made that Cowboy fought too much that year. You know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jorge Masvidal. I think he's an outstanding fighter. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, Damian Maya is like a scary dude, man. He is like the Terminator. You know what he's going to do, and he just does it. You know that that takedown's coming. You know, either it's going to be in the clinch. He's going to take your back, and he's going to submit you. You know, how do you prepare for a guy like Damian Maya? You're not going to find anyone remotely at his caliber, or you're going to have a very hard time finding anybody, any, anybody close to his caliber of grappling to train with. So, um, yeah, he's a scary guy. He's actually also physically bigger than Jorge Masvidal because Maya, Maya used to fight at 185. So Maya is a big welterweight. Um, Masvidal is an appropriately sized welterweight. And um, I just think he's going to give... Um, Masvidal, you know, a hard time. And I just see that, uh, I see I see Damian Maya finishing him via submission. You know, it's like, just like his last six fights, submission. Next up, we got Joanna Champion, or Joanna Janjacek versus Jessica Andrade, who's ranked number three. Uh, since neither of these ladies have a very good ground game, I see this pretty much being a kickboxing fight you know both of them got good great muay thai Joanna being the superior striker in my case uh you know i don't see any groundwork there might be a couple of sweeps but i think both of these ladies want to keep it on the feet um i mean you know no no knock against women's mma but uh there just isn't a lot of depth in any of the divisions you know there's a huge skill differential between the top you know the top fighters you know, even even one and two in this division is a huge skill differential. I think Rose Namajunas might be the next in line after this for fighting for the uh, championship. But um, yeah, Joanna is just um, you know, way beyond the skill level in one area. That is, I mean, you can't really beat her on the feet. Um, you know, she's has very very limited at best ground skills, but she. You know, apparently her takedowns look pretty good. But still in all, I see Joanna winning this fight. 
you know, she has she's not a real finisher, but I see this one going the distance. I see Yun Jacek winning by decision. So uh so there you go. Now the main event is uh some big dudes. The champion Stipe Miocic um defends his title against number four ranked Junior Dos Santos. And um in my opinion, I mean these guys fought once before. Uh, Dos Santos got the win, but I actually had that fight scored for Miocic as the winner. So, um, so I don't know. I just feel like uh, you know you can't really leave it to the judges, but um, I kind of feel like Miocic won the first fight. JDS hasn't been the same since his wars with Cain Velasquez. Um, you know, there there was like. The amount of punishment that guy took during those fights, he just, I just feel like he's, um, he's not, hasn't been the same fighter. Uh, Stipe is on a tear. He's got the momentum. He's got the belt, you know, and um, he moves like a guy who weighs 185 pounds, you know, for a heavyweight. He's awesome footwork, very mobile. And um, I just see him being able to outclass uh, JDS on the feet. You know, he moves better than him. I think his striking's better, and I see Stipe via knockout. That's my decision. So so there you have it, man. Short and sweet. That's my my input about this upcoming um, UFC, this coming weekend. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm going to post this episode, and you guys, uh, you know, agree or disagree. And uh, I'm interested to see how this whole thing turns out. Thanks for listening, and uh, if you want to get at me, it's you can hit me on Facebook under Michael Hill. You can email me at mike.hill at everythingwentblackmedia.com, or you can uh, check me out on um, on Twitter as at MikeHillHQ, and then there's the uh, famed Instagram. It's Mike underscore Hill underscore Primate, and... Um, if you just want to see the jackassery I get up to on a daily basis. Also, I'd like to give a thanks to uh, St. Vitus. Um, I spent most of the day uh, selling Savage Gold coffee there. There was a uh, flea market there. And uh, pretty much every time they have these events, you'll see me there with the Savage Gold setup. And um, yeah, it was fun. And um, a lot of nice people. And uh, it was a good time. So until next time, everybody have a pleasant evening and enjoy the fights. Mm-hmm.